You know, Time Hop popped up for me today and it reminded me that it was eight years ago today on a much warmer spring day than it is today that I'd managed to convince my two sons and their friend who rode the bus with them that uh, the school had made an announcement that because it was, um, because it was a, uh, uh, a, a flu season, there was a lot of uh, colds going around, everyone had to wear gloves to school. So I've got a picture here of uh, what I did. I sent my, my two sons and their friend Jacob to school that day uh, on April the 1st. And this picture is literally, the moment I took this picture, I said, okay, on three, I'm going to take the picture. What, say, April Fool? And they were like, April Fool? <laughs> and at that point, they realized in their shorts and t-shirts, they wouldn't need to wear ski gloves to school too. So... Um, so as well as being April Fool's Day, as well as being a day where we uh, celebrate with eggs and baskets and family, the, really the, the, the primary reason for Easter Sunday, the reason we celebrate this day is because it's the resurrection of Jesus. Shall I switch mics, Justin? Is this going to keep doing this? I didn't hear an answer, but I'm going to anyway. So, because if you can hear it um, rustling, but I can hear it rustling. All right, shall I switch mics with the mic that I know how to work? <laughs> one, two, two, two. Is that one on? All right, there we go. I'll, I'll use this one for now, so I'll take this one off. So as you saw from that video, we've been in this series uh, in the last couple of weeks. It's called The Week That Changed the World. And um, the idea was in this series that we would... Uh... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Awesome. Welcome to Connect. If it's your first time here, we are slick and very well organized. <laughs> so in this series, we thought leading up to Easter, we'd talk about this idea of the week that changed the world. And we've talked about the days leading up to uh, today. And it's worked out really well because last Sunday we talked about Saturday. And, and today we've landed on the day on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, the day that Jesus came back. And you know, it's amazing because last week we were looking at Saturday and we learned that the disciples who'd spent three years of their lives with Jesus, learning from him, being taught by him, being inspired by him, being amazed at all the miracles he did, we found that after the crucifixion on Good Friday, they scattered in fear and despair and disillusionment. So what was it that changed, that caused these, these followers who were on Saturday terrified and, and, and um, hiding for their lives, what was it that changed in them that caused them to go on to be the men and the women who would build the church to where it is today, who would start the New Testament church that would, would spread around the entire globe? Well, it was what took place on Sunday. They encountered Jesus They'd seen him killed on Friday, on Saturday they were terrified, and then on Sunday they experienced the risen Jesus. They saw him come back to life. It changed their lives forever. When you experience something, no matter how much someone tells you about it, until you've experienced it, you never fully understand Growing up, I was a little bit of a fussy eater, and uh, I was convinced I didn't like cheese. 
Okay, I just didn't want to eat cheese my entire childhood and teenage years. And uh, it got to my college years. And to be honest with you, I was getting kind of frustrated because my, my, uh, my hatred of cheese was causing issues now because uh, at this stage of my life, between 18 and 25, there was a lot of pizza eaten by my friends, okay? That's kind of the major food group for those college years. And I just felt like I was missing out. I felt like everyone was eating pizza. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't like pizza. I don't like cheese. They're like, why don't you like cheese? I don't know. I just don't like cheese. And finally... After enough pressure of this, one day someone said, why don't you just try this pizza? And I'm like, well, I don't like cheese, but I'll try it. And I tried a bite of that pizza. And for any of you that have ever tried a bite of pizza, it was wonderful. It was amazing. And I thought, why haven't I eaten cheese before? This is incredible. Now, it was a ham and pineapple pizza. So that's part of why I enjoyed it so much, because obviously there is no better pizza than ham and pineapple. But in that moment, the regret, realizing that I spent so much of my lifetime not eating cheese. I experienced cheese, and I loved it. Now, Casey, my wife, is sat on the front row. She's going to hear me telling this story, and she's going to tell me afterwards, say, see, you would like hummus. But no, I still don't like hummus, and I never will eat hummus because it just looks disgusting, okay? But cheese, it turns out I do like, but hummus, no, still don't like hummus. When you experience something, it can change you. And literally, that's what happened. I can remember eating that pizza thinking, this is really good. I like this. Now I eat all sorts of cheese. That's what I love about Sunday. Sunday is the day that we celebrate the fact that those first followers of Jesus experienced the risen Jesus, the risen Christ. And on that Sunday, it actually happened to several of them, but we're going to look at one particular interaction this morning. From that Sunday, for 40 days, Jesus appeared to hundreds of different people, some of them on multiple occasions. But this morning, I want to take a moment and just look at one interaction with two disciples. We don't really know much about them. We know that one of them, one of them then his name was Cleopas. We don't know the name of the other one. And we know that they were, they were leaving Jerusalem. They were on the road to a city called Emmaus. This is the Sunday morning. This is the morning that they've kind of given up on the idea of Jesus. They saw him crucified. They'd followed him, but, but now disillusioned, they were making their way back to Emmaus. Emmaus wasn't very far from Jerusalem. It was about seven miles from Jerusalem. So it would be like you or I leaving this morning and walking to Eureka. So imagine the, the picture in your mind. These, these two fellows, they're walking on the road to Eureka, just kind of making their way back there. And we learn that as they're on this journey, disillusioned, despondent, that someone walks alongside of them and joins them on the road. We learn because Luke is one of the apostles writing this story in the, the future, retelling what happened, that this person walking along them was Jesus. Jesus was walking alongside these two disciples on this road to Emmaus. But for whatever reason, they didn't realize it was Jesus. We don't know why they didn't recognize him. We don't know what the reason was. But we do know that as they were walking and talking with this gentleman, they didn't realize that they were walking alongside the risen Jesus, that he was walking right beside them. They were on this road, this journey on the way to Eureka, on the way to this city called Emmaus. They were on this journey and Jesus was walking right beside them and they didn't realize it was him. They're having a conversation, these two guys. As they're walking along, they're talking to one another. They're talking about the death of Jesus. 
And Jesus, who's walking alongside them, he kind of listens in on their conversation. He says, hey, what are you guys talking about? Luke explains this interaction in Luke chapter 24. He says this in verse 17. He asks them, this is Jesus, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there these last few days. And then Jesus says, what things? What things? I think at that moment, they kind of look at him like, seriously? What things? How? This, this look on their face must have been like, Jesus, how do you not know? Everyone knows what's been happening. And you, stranger, you're asking us what's happening? Are you crazy? I picture the look on their face. Um, if you're a parent of a teenager here this morning, maybe you've seen that look when you've, you've asked your kids, hey, what does this word mean? I hear kids these days using this word. They look at you like, seriously? Everyone knows what that means. Or you, you picture of a celebrity and you're like, who's this? They're like, ah, oh, dad, everyone knows who that is. How do you not know who that is? We had a situation happen recently where something like that happened um, my sons are away on a trip, and uh, they were posting some pictures on Instagram, and my wife uh, commented on one of the pictures, and I'm not going to say which son it was, so as not to embarrass him, but she commented, and he deleted her comment. So she texted him. She's like, dude, I just commented on your Instagram. You deleted it. Why did you do that? He's like, well, mom, it's because you didn't just comment. You put at Ben Jane. And um, again, I'm not going to say which son it was, because I don't want to embarrass him, but apparently you don't put at Ben Jane and then the comment, you just leave the comments. It's like, ah, oh, mom, how do you not know this? And I picture that kind of look on these guys' faces. They were like looking at, un unknown to them that it was Jesus, but looking at, oh, oh, how do you not know what's been going on? Everyone knows what's been going on. And they start to explain to this stranger what's taken place over the last few days. That there was this man called Jesus and, and he's built up quite a following. In fact, many thought he was a prophet and a good man, um, a great teacher. They told him about the miracles that he'd been performing. They said, some of us were hoping that he was the Messiah. But it turns out we were wrong. Because on Friday they killed him. He was crucified. How have you not heard this? All of Jerusalem was talking about this man called Jesus and how it turns out he wasn't who we were all hoping he would be. Do you know, these two fellows on the way to Emmaus, they'd even started to hear rumors that morning from some of the other disciples that Jesus had been seen risen from the dead. But even that wasn't enough to convince them that he was in fact the Messiah. So Jesus starts to talk to them. He says, well, what makes you think he wasn't the Messiah? And he actually starts to do a little bit of a Bible study with them. Luke tells the, that Jesus starts to go through the Old Testament and starts to talk about all the references of the Messiah. And every time he talks about another reference of, of the prophets of the Old Testament, what they said of the Messiah, it fit in that it was kind of matching up with the story of the life of Jesus. And as they're walking along on the road to Emmaus, this stranger who seems to know so much about the Scriptures is kind of showing them how really everything that was predicted, everything that was prophesied, even to his death, is what was expected of the Messiah. So eventually, as they arrive at their destination, now these guys, their kind of minds have been opened a little bit. From this stranger who seems to know so much about the Bible, they say, hey, stop with us for a while and have dinner. 
So he does. He stays with them. And listen to what happens at that meal as they sit together. In Luke 24, verse 30, it says, As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and he gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. At that moment, as they recognized who it is, as they realized this is Jesus, he disappeared. And listen to what happens next. It said that they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? In that moment, they realized that Jesus had been walking alongside them all along. And that their hearts burned inside them. They didn't realize until he revealed who he was. But there was something burning inside of their hearts as they were walking along listening to Jesus speak to them. I don't know why you're here this morning. Maybe you come regularly here to connect. Maybe you've just started coming recently. Maybe you're visiting this morning just for the very first time because it's Easter Perhaps you came with a friend. Perhaps you just knew you wanted to come to church somewhere and you did a little bit of uh, looking around on Facebook online and, and you landed here this morning. But whatever the reason that brought you here this morning, I wonder if some of you this morning thought, maybe I'll go to church this morning because it's Easter Sunday and maybe when I get there, God will be there. Maybe when I get there this morning, there'll be something I'll experience of God in that place. Well, I want to tell you this morning that God is here this morning. But I want to tell you that he's also been with you a lot longer than you realized. Like those guys on the road to Emmaus, not only do I believe that Jesus is here this morning, right now, I believe that he's been walking alongside you for a lot longer than you've realized. You might say, well, David, I'm not sure, Dave, I'm not sure if I even believe in Jesus. Well, he believes in you, and he's been walking alongside of you a long time. Maybe you're on a journey right now, a little bit like the guys on the road. Maybe there are some things in your life right now that have caused you to feel disillusioned, empty, broken, whatever it may be. And you find yourself here on Easter Sunday wondering if there is more to life than you currently know. Do you know Connect is made up of many individuals and families just like you? People who, for whatever reason, maybe they didn't grow up going to church or maybe they went to church as a kid, but they haven't been in a long time and and they found themselves coming to connect, whether at the invite of a friend or a neighbor, bringing their kids along so their kids could learn more about the Bible. But in their journey here at Connect, they've discovered that Jesus is not only here, but he's been walking alongside them for a long time. You may relate to some of those stories here this morning. In fact, we want to share a story with you here this morning of a couple who found their way to Jesus through Connect. I want you to hear the first part of their story this morning of just how they grew up. They're a Washington family. Maybe you'll know them. Maybe you'll even just connect with their story this morning as it ties in with yours. Check out this video. Ever since a young age, I've struggled with relationships and letting people get close to me. Um, It's been something I've dealt with my whole life. Uh, When my parents split and we moved to Peoria, I went to Catholic grade school from second to eighth grade and, you know, didn't really get too much out of it. I kind of understood the point of it, but never really got anything from it. 
uh, went to high school, played sports, hung out with a good group of guys, but there was no focal point on God or Jesus or anything about religion. Um, my parents and I would go to church maybe twice a year, uh, Christmas, Easter, but other than that, there was no religious aspect to anything in our lives. was really hard. Um, I, I always heard my parents arguing. There was a lot of fighting and I just remember listening to all the arguments and just being so upset and just crying a lot. I felt really alone. There was a lot of alcoholism in our family, which I, I saw all the time and it was a big struggle. I really didn't feel like I had a safe place. I always felt I had a void growing up. I felt alone a lot. We didn't really talk about God in our household. We didn't really bring him up. It would be a little awkward, I feel like, if we did. So I didn't really grow up with a really religious family or really understanding anything. In high school, I feel like a lot of things were out of my control with my my home life and my parents. I felt like everything was just crazy when I was younger. So whatever I could control, I felt like I tried to. I went through a period of time in high school where I had a really bad eating disorder because that was the one thing in my life I, I felt like I could control. And so I struggled with, with health issues because of my eating disorder in high school. I hated high school. so. I actually finished high school within three years. I just wanted to get out of high school. I wanted to move on. I wanted to go to college. I wanted to get away from my home life. I wanted to get away from this town. I wanted to try to find a place where I felt in. You know, maybe you could relate a little bit to Jeff and Whitney's story. Maybe there are some similarities to your own story. Maybe you've been through some tough times. Maybe you're experiencing some right now. And you find yourself wondering, is, is there more to life than just this? You know, the thing I love about that encounter on that first Sunday, on the week that changed the world, is that Jesus wasn't waiting at the end of the road for these two people waiting for them to figure out all the answers so that he could reveal himself to them. He was walking alongside them. Even when they didn't recognize who he was, he was still walking alongside of them. I believe he's been walking alongside of you for a lot longer than you realize. Paul writes to a church in Rome, and uh, there's a, a version called The Message that, that, that shares this verse in this way in Romans 8 verses 6 through 8 says that Jesus Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. He loves you and me so much this morning that at Easter we remember that Jesus Himself, He came to die, to conquer death, to rise again, because he knew that the, the solution, the answer was that we wouldn't be able to work our way towards him, so he worked his way towards us. 
He came and met us where we were, even in our weak and rebellious state. And he's been walking alongside some of you for a long time now, guiding you, causing you to ask some of the questions you've been asking, putting you in relationships that you now find yourself with. It's no accident that some of you are now uh, friends with someone who's been talking about this Jesus and and sharing the difference he's made in in their lives. It's no accident that you've been thinking some of the thoughts you've been thinking, questioning some of the things that you've, you've been questioning because he's been walking alongside of you. And I believe this morning on this Sunday, he wants to reveal himself to you. I want some of you to be able to share that you've, you've almost felt that burning in your heart like those, those two guys on the way to Emmaus said that they were walking alongside of him. It's like we knew he was there. He can change your life. He changed the lives of Jeff and Whitney and we're going to hear how now in the second part of this video. In college, like I said, I was playing sports. Um, really not living for a purpose other than sports and, and partying, just kind of going down the wrong lifestyle path. Um, was dealing with a little bit of depression and just kind of didn't really know where my life was headed. One night, um, was struggling really bad. Um, depression was kicking in. I was contemplating suicide, honestly. Um, it was that bad. And for some reason, something in my head told me to call um, the girl I dated through high school. Uh, we had been broken up for probably a year and a half, maybe two years at the time. Quit talking to each other. Um, something told me, though, to make one phone call. I had no idea why or what even I was going to say, but um, I called her, and uh, for some odd reason, she picked up. I get a random phone call and I answer it and I wasn't expecting to hear from this person, maybe forever. Um, So I answer it and it's Jeff. It's um, my old boyfriend from high school that we dated throughout. But it was just so crazy. I feel like I answered the phone and we started talking and we just picked up right where we left off. After college, we both ended college around the same time. We got back together, we got engaged, we got a house, and we started talking about children, so we had our first child. We both agreed that we wanted to raise our kids up in a church. Um, We both agreed that it was important. We wanted to surround our kids with with good people, in a good environment, and we we wanted them to know God. You know, (laughs) you would ask me, when I started going to Connect, if I'd ever consider a small group, I would have said, you're crazy. I mean, there, there, there was absolutely no way I was ever going to join a small group. Um, friends of ours convinced us, um, my wife too convinced me to go, um, and, and it was tough. It wasn't probably until our third round of small group that, that I actually let the walls down a little bit, which is uncharacteristic of me. However, I think um, it, was, it was time and it's led me to want to get baptized. I've always kicked around the idea, and once again, if you would have asked me that six months ago, I would have said, you're crazy. But allowing my guard down um, really was the biggest step, and it's, it's really never been better. We started to go to church because we wanted our kids to grow up in church. But in all reality, we went to church because I think we needed it. We had that void in our hearts that we needed to fill, and 
I had a purpose in life again. I was living for something. I wanted to be an example for our children. And I just felt like a whole new person. Looking back, I think I was just searching to fill all these voids in the wrong way. I thought getting married would help. I thought having a family and starting our own life would make me feel complete. But looking back, I know exactly what I needed. And I needed that relationship with God. And that was the only thing, the single thing that made me feel complete. I think getting lost and going through those issues through college was for a reason, you know? I think that that's easy to say now. At the time, there was no way out, you know? But I think that God had always been there and had a plan and wanted me to see how good He truly is. Through all the tough times, I know God was there turning me into the man He wanted me to be. I love what Jeff says there. He says, you know, I now looking back, I can see that God was always there, just at work in my life. Even in the first story where we heard two individual stories about two individual people, even before they met each other, God was at work in their lives. And then when they got married, he was still at work in their lives, still walking alongside of them, bringing them to that point. And last Sunday, I had the huge, huge privilege and joy of being able to baptize Jeff. Just this last Sunday morning right here, seeing him, this, this, this guy go down to the water was just fantastic to see how God is still transforming his life, the difference he's making in their lives. There was a, an author, a broadcaster in England who lived a while back. His name was Malcolm Muggeridge and when you looked at some of the earlier stuff he used to write and talk about, this was the person who was least likely to be known as somebody who would be a follower of Jesus. But something happened in his life. Something happened that changed him. He, he found Jesus. He discovered Jesus. He became real in his life. And while filming a documentary for the BBC once in Jerusalem, he was, he was literally walking that road to Emmaus. Aware now of what had taken place hundreds of years before on that very same road. And this author, this broadcaster, this agnostic who found his way back to God, he said this. He said, I believe that the road to Emmaus is a road that must be walked in one sense by everyone who would become a better Christian. And it is in that light that I would like us to study it. The walk started out in disbelief and sadness. Maybe for some of you, you're at that stage still. The walk started out in disbelief and sadness. But it ended in joy, excitement, love, and true devotion. And the same can happen to each one of us. Those two disciples on the road to Demaeus... The other disciples, Mary, Martha, all the people who'd interacted with Jesus during his life, when they saw the risen Jesus, it changed them. They went on to be incredible missionaries, preaching Jesus, seeing the church grow. I believe this morning some of you have come to the realization that Jesus has been walking with you a lot longer than you realized sing another song here, one last song. 
We've sung it a lot over the last few weeks. It's called Reckless Love. And it's an exact representation of just how much that Jesus who was walking along that road with those two people loves each and every one of you. Loves you so much, he'd be willing to leave. He told a story once about a parable of a shepherd, that the shepherd, even though there were 99 sheep that were safe, he still went out looking for the one who had yet to be found. It'll be very easy for us to count every Sunday morning and say, well, we've got lots of people who already know Jesus, but he won't let us stop because there are still some others he wants to be found. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you've been walking unaware of the fact that Jesus has been walking alongside you for a lot longer than you realized. I'm going to ask you to do something that's going to be a bit of a challenge here this morning. We're going to sing this song, but I think some of you need to respond to that. Those cards that you had earlier, that that text number that you can send the word connect to, there's an option on there to say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to learn more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I challenge you this morning, if that's you, if you've been stirred this morning to, to wonder, maybe as you're watching the video, I wonder if that same Jesus could change my life the way he changed Jeff and Whitney's. Then check that box. We'd love to follow up with you, tell you more about what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. But don't let today slip away without responding. Let's stand together, shall we, as we sing this song.